Hey, what's up? It's The Drive. Tay and Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Happy Friday. Derek Piper, Lante, Kyle Tosk. Illinois I'm, versus Indiana Eve. Some I think I worked the entire week. Oh, no. I'm like on low. I need I need gas money, Pipes. <laughs> this is you the, need gas money? I think or this, you've worked enough to have gas right, money? Right, right. I think this is the first full week of radio I've done in three months. We can't continue this. <laughs> <laughs> well, the bad news is that I think I think my daughter's still going to show up. Uh, she has not it yet <laughs> at this point, but uh, we don't need you tired before that stretch. Comes. Right, exactly. Maybe you know it's like working out. You're supposed to get more energy as you go, right? So yeah. no, I'm well, good to say. go. All I'm right. ready to talk about an Illinois win tomorrow. That's what I'm ready to talk about. Well, let's get into it. Let's go. I did not go to media today. I want to be here with you guys. There wasn't anything really <laughs> pressing uh, as far as me needing to be there and ask questions. Brad Underwood, Joey Wagner handled it, but we'll be able to play some of what Brad Underwood said today in his press conference previewing Illinois versus Indiana. The Hoosiers definitely could use this win. Illinois on their own side looking to bounce back after a tough loss in Evanston there on Wednesday, 96-91. Illinois, as I look at it right now, and this is – I just pulled this up. I didn't it's first time coming across this. Ken Palm says Illinois by fifteen. Holy cow. Tomorrow against the Hoosiers. Is Ware not playing? That is still yet to be determined. Okay. I would I, mean, I haven't seen anything clear on that. Okay. Quite yet. I know I mentioned yesterday that Jeff Rabjohns from Peaks told yeah. Jeremy that there was expectations that he would play, and then now I've seen people from Indiana, say maybe he won't play. So I, I don't know. I okay. don't know. He's, he's got a ankle injury, and he was in a boot at Wisconsin. Was that last weekend? I believe or earlier so. this week. They it haven't was earlier played this week. Yeah, they haven't played since then. So they've had a little time off this week. It was, it was early in the week, like Monday. It was, it was or Friday. That he didn't. Oh, was so last, it last, last Friday? Friday. Okay. So they haven't played in a week. Wow. I know he heard it in practice. So, I was shocked that he didn't play against Wisconsin. He's a big part of that team. Obviously, this is a first-round draft pick, a guy that is projected to be a first-round pick. He's tall. He's taller than anything Illinois has, and he's pretty effective around the bucket. He's thin, right? He's, he's, I mean, he's not thin-thin, but he can be powered. I mean, I think you could use body against him, and mm-hmm. he's not one of those guys like Julian Reese that's going to go down and pound into Coleman Hawkins. He's more or less kind of lives around that rim well he lives really above the rim to be honest with you and they throw him a lot of you know like the normal alley-oop is you'll see a guy streaking down the left side and from the right side you'll throw it up near the rim they can I mean Ware can just be standing there and they'll throw it up and he just goes up and dunks it I mean he's really tall and he's really effective around the rim pretty good shooter too he can go out and hit threes so he's an effective dude and if he's not playing for Indiana I could definitely see that spread being that you look at his stats in Big Ten play so far, 13.5 points, 11 rebounds per game. So a guy that brings a lot to the table yeah. for Indiana. He has made five out of ten threes against Big Ten teams. So a small sample size, but the ability to step out and shoot it. I mean, sure. He was a very highly touted prospect coming out of high school. I imagine he was a McDonald's All-American. I would assume. He was a five-star that ended up going to Oregon. Kind of disappointed there last year. Yeah. There were questions about his motor and just things didn't – really click for him and that team. Of course, Quincy Garrier was part of that team as well. Oh, that's right. Uh, they had a lot of talent, but not a whole lot of on-court success. He goes to Indiana as one of the top gets in the portal. And like you said, just seven foot with a lot of length, good athlete, and just very versatile as far as his skill set offensively. Just a lot more has come to him this year. So credit to the Hoosiers for getting more out of him, even though it's been a disappointing season for them so far. If he doesn't play that's that's huge for Illinois I mean they Indiana needs their front court to shine because their backcourt as we talked about yesterday and as has been an ongoing storyline for them is is really leaving a lot to be desired Malik Renew's having a heck of a season though uh he's been their top scorer in Big Ten play 16 points a game seven rebounds he's someone that Illinois will have to deal with for sure if they have wear in there with him then that's a tandem that's worked pretty well together so we'll see how that plays Illinois of course has size sure Coleman's not small and I I think that with Ware not being a bruiser type 
that is a maybe more of an ideal matchup as far as long and rangy guys that would go against each other and then Gary A to match a guy like Renew. It helps to have, oh, there's actually a a four-man that has legit four size on <laughs> Illinois this year, exactly. which had not been the case <laughs> in the past. Actually, Illinois matches up well against those guys, and Indiana matches up well against Illinois. I mean, where's the guy that can go out a little bit? I mean, he's got some, he's got some ability to go out and cover Coleman, maybe out at that three-point line if they decide right. to do that. Now, the thing about Ware is he kind of moves in the same speed he doesn't really, like, whereas Coleman has a burst down the court, Ware just kind of goes the same speed the entire game, but you look up and all of a sudden he's got 14 and 10, and you're just impressed by the fact that he's got that. But Renew has been a guy that I've been really impressed with. He is, he's a strong kid, he's a lefty, and he, he's one of those guys that is, he, he's able to, he's kind of like Dane when it comes to getting shots underneath the bucket. You know how Dane can... He can spin around three times, pump fake twice, and somehow be six feet away and didn't travel and and makes the layup. And you're like, how how do you do that? That's kind of like Renew, but he's also got a pretty good shot. He's a strong kid, and he's a guy that doesn't mind shooting the ball either. He's he's fine with when he catches, he's not going to get rid of it very often. So Mm -hmm. you kind of know when it goes into him what it's doing. But that's a pretty good – that would be a pretty good matchup for both teams and be fun for fans to watch with – Coleman and Ware and then Renew and Gary A. I think that – I mean, whereas Gary A can go out – he can step out, shoot a three. Renew doesn't do that. Is it Renew or Renault? Renew. Renew. And then uh, Ware, of course – He like, shot a couple of threes. He not, shot not a his, couple. But, his strength. I mean, he's 13 for 32 on the season. So 40%, but yeah. just maybe a guy that might take two or three in a game. That surprised me. I guess the games I've seen him, he hasn't shot threes very often. But he lives in that lane, and he's strong enough to live in there. So – Good rebounder, like you said. I mean mm-hmm. that that would be that would be a fun matchup for fans tomorrow at State Farm Center to watch that those duos go against each other. A lot of physicality between Renew and yes. Quincy Guerrier. You look at Renew, six nine, two thirty five, coming off of a career high, t- or uh, I should say, a career best in the Big Ten at Wisconsin. They did fall ninety one and seventy nine in that game, but he had twenty eight points along with eight rebounds in that one. Uh, earlier this month, 23 points and a win at home against Ohio State. Uh, that was uh, a big performance out of him. We'll see what they get out of Xavier Johnson, a guy that at times has played well for Indiana in previous years. They missed him last year with his season-ending injury. Uh, prior to that, in his first season, that would have been 21-22 after transferring from Pitt. I thought he was one of the better on-ball defenders mm-hmm. in the Big Ten and a guy that they could definitely distribute, scored it better down the stretch of that season in comparison to he had some real shooting struggles earlier in that year, but he's just missed a lot of time. Like he missed pretty much from mid-December on last year. Yeah. And then a big chunk of the middle of this season, he was out all of December uh, earlier this year. And, and you look at his stat lines recently, eight points, two assists against Wisconsin, scoreless against Purdue, two points uh, against Minnesota, two points against Rutgers in a loss and five turnovers. That was on the road at the rack. So uh, he's he struggled, and while we talked yesterday about Trey Galloway, yes, and a guy that's an effort an effort dude that I think has has added more in terms of his scoring of late. Not the not the most polished or talented, right? Um, but he's a guy that he's got some size at six five. So that's something that Indiana definitely brings to the table. I don't think Illinois is going to just be able to out size them, uh, out physical them. But offensively, they struggled a lot. And then even though they have size defensively, they are middle of the pack to, to towards the bottom half of the of the league in, in that sense and have been getting beat up on the defensive glass too. I would agree. Xavier's one of those guys that leaves you wanting more. Of course. And I, I will say this, when you were reading off those stats, there was a stretch in there. I believe he was kind of scratched from the lineup a little bit because he had, he had received a technical or he had something happen that he was healthy enough to play in a couple of those Big Ten games, but they just did not play him much. And it was almost as though he was kind of serving kind of an in-team uh, you know, suspension kind of, but it's, he wasn't suspended because he still played. But you know what I mean. There was a little bit of an issue to where he couldn't play. But, I, I mean, I think if Indiana's got a chance against Illinois, it's Xavier's got to get into double figures. The, the problem with Indiana is they can go long stretches without scoring. And they're, they're just not consistent offensively. And I, I think that's where Illinois – especially at home, how, you know, home teams go on runs 
And I could see Illinois going on a couple of different eight to ten point runs and just kind of putting that game away. But I'm I'm still a little shocked with the fifteen point. But maybe I, I hey Kyle called it early. Kyle was all over Indiana being bad early. So I guess maybe maybe Kyle runs Ken Palm. I never knew you know I've never put that together. The K. Kyle, do you actually run Ken Palm or no? I don't. Okay, all right. That's a little little too complicated <laughs> for me. I just look at it. I don't no idea what any of it means. I, I mean, I study it thoroughly, but yeah, I just I mean Galloway, like you mentioned, Galloway's a, like you said, kind of an effort guy. I mean, he's he's a pretty good player, but Illinois, if they just take care of business tomorrow, and I know somebody just said if Illinois wins this game, if, if they defend and rebound like normal, that was Mike. I agree. I agree. I think Illinois should get away with a uh, comfortable victory against Indiana tomorrow, and they need it. Indiana could really use it. I know this is a team that you guys, of course, have talked about. We talked about yesterday a team that is not a team you would destine to be in the NCAA tournament, but kind of like Northwestern getting that win against Illinois, and that is a huge victory for Northwestern to put on a resume right behind the Purdue upset. If Indiana could get this win here, I mean, that would at least get them a step closer to somehow reaching an NCAA tournament, but I just don't think that's going to occur, and I'm especially confident that it won't occur tomorrow. Right now, they're 98th in the net. I mean, they're not even a guaranteed thing to go to the NIT. Yeah. They're 0-6 in quad one games. This, of course, would be one for them playing a top 15 team uh, via the net. You know, I know Illinois top 10 Mm -hmm. right now in the AP poll, but 13th overall in the net ranking, so this would be a legit quad one. They just have to go on a big run, win at Illinois, steal one at Purdue, which they get another chance at. I mean, they're going to have to really go on a a hot streak right now. And I know that even early on when their record wasn't all that bad and they started they started 2-0 and in the league by beating Maryland at home and then at Michigan, their overall record uh, – didn't look that bad. No. Like, okay, they're they're a decent team, but the, the metrics have hated them right. the entire year. Like Ken Palms hated them, uh, which Kyle is probably having the the bias programmed into the the numbers there. But uh, the net as well just haven't respected the fact that they've even in games they won, like they barely beat Army and they they just wrestled around with teams that Florida Gulf Coast they they survived in the opener. They've they've had some close games against bad teams. Louisville is one of those. Uh, they played on a neutral. And then they've gotten hammered by some top-tier mm-hmm. type of opponents. Now, they played close against Kansas yeah, in a game that they, they did. maybe should have won I agree. on their home court, but lost by 20 to UConn, lost by like almost 40 to Auburn, wow. lost by 16 on the road at Nebraska, lost double digits or close to – they lost by nine at Rutgers. Uh, they got hammered by Purdue there in, in Bloomington, so – Illinois should beat them by double figures. 15 maybe is is the mark. And then to flip it back on the Illinois side of things, I know, we'll, like I mentioned, we'll play Brad Underwood. One tweet that I noticed from Joey Wagner driving over here was that Brad said that this was the best, yesterday was the best that Terrence Shannon's looked in practice since returning. So Kyle is and this I know. The, you guys said it yesterday. We know. Is this the, is this the breakout, and what does that look like against Indiana? Before we do that, can I ask you yeah, a question? Go ahead. Purdue will obviously be a one seed, maybe the the number one one seed in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Will the rest of the Big Ten teams that make the tournament be punished because they just haven't really played many teams in their conference? In other words, the conference is so down. I think I read today that Illinois is tied for second with – or no, they're tied for fifth in the Big Ten with two quad one wins. Is that it? On the whole yeah, season? Yeah, two quad one wins, yeah. I mean, that doesn't FAU seem like FAU and lot. Michigan State at home. Okay, so is that something where but – then, but then when you spit out the, the net ranking and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff that obviously I don't pay attention to enough, does the net ranking tell you everything you need? Like if Illinois is a top 10 net ranked team, does that mean they're going to be if, – if the season ended now, are they definitely a top three seed in the NCAA tournament? Is that kind of what that tells you? you? Yeah, that's – now, the, the net's not the only thing the committee goes off of, but it, it carries the most weight. It's kind of the, the biggest basis of the decisions, as it's supposed to be. So, yeah, if you're within the top 10, of course, the top three seed lines would have 12 teams. You would imagine right. that you're probably a three seed. So how does Illinois have such a good net if they hardly have any quad one wins? They have – the teams they're supposed to beat, they've hammered. Okay. 
And then FAU's a decent win. I mean, it's yeah. a quad one win. Beating I mean, I'm not arguing against it. I'm right. just like trying to understand it. Prior to Maryland, they hadn't taken a bad loss. Okay. That's still a quad three loss on their resume. So you look at them at 13th in the net. Uh, you look at it around in that area. Like, so Iowa State is 10th. They have two quad one wins. Creighton's 11th. They have three. Okay. Wisconsin's a spot above Illinois. They're 12th. They have four quad one wins. Uh, Baylor right below Illinois has three. Dayton has three. Kansas has three. Marquette has four. So it, it's not only about the quad ones, even though those are the biggest ways to bolster your resume, but also just it is weighted in context of like how much you're supposed to beat a team by. So then when you blow out Northwestern by Got 30 it. on your Got home it. floor, that helps you. And I don't know, understand like, what is the differential between, all right, if you beat a team by 20 versus you beat a team by 30, how <laughs> right. much does that really help you? I I don't know, but... I think it's my lack of understanding that there's only... Like, how many quad one teams are there? Is it the top 70? It depends on where you play them. So, if you play, oh, them, that's right. if you play them on the road, it's top 75. You play them on a neutral, it's top 50. Whew. You play them at home, it's a top 25 uh, team. Well, that explains it then more. I, I, I was thinking more of the 50 to 60 to 70 optics to where... If you get a home win against, you know, it, it has to be like basically a top 25 it does. quad yeah. one or team to get that. I didn't realize that. So that's why a lot of – I didn't have – like in my mind, I had like Marquette with six or seven quad one wins and Illinois with two. But like you said, they only have – Marquette's have four. got four. Yep. So it's not like everybody has sprinted ahead of you with regards to quad one. So that actually explains it for me. I, it was just – I thought of that today because I'm like, you know, the metrics or all of these rankings have looked good for Illinois all season. And believe me, I think they should. I mean, this is a really good Illinois team that I do believe deserves a top four seed in the NCAA tournament when it rolls around, if, unless something crazy happens to the end. But I just, it was just confusing to me about the quad one because it almost sounds like, like we're doing nothing, like, like in the Big Ten, and it's not Illinois' fault. It's just, it's just the fact that we're playing teams that aren't good and it's almost like, well, then how are we rating with these other teams when we're basically playing a, an easier schedule, if you will? I mean, we understand how hard it is to win on the, on the road in the Big Ten. I don't care how good or bad a team is some years. It's just still hard to go to those venues and win, especially some of them. But like Nebraska, we don't go to – Illinois doesn't go to Nebraska. I'd be scared to go to Nebraska and play there because they've played really well at home, and it's a pretty good team. So Even at the barn this year wouldn't be – no, Easy, not anywhere close to what it's been in years past. I agree 100%. So I appreciate you explaining that to me. And I assume there's more like me out there that are kind of, of course, confused yeah. by something like that. That or I could be the only confused person. Well, you start throwing around quads and numbers yeah. and it gets a little confusing. But uh, just to kind of break it down simply, outside of the Maryland loss at home, which you never want to take a, no. a loss at home, no, particularly to a that team one. that's not uh, – <laughs> particularly good and they're not right now projected to be an NCAA tournament team but losing by seven to Marquette at home doesn't hurt you it's it's you never again you don't want to lose in your home sure. floor but it doesn't really hurt you by seven at Tennessee you, you don't lose anything by that uh to Purdue by five yep. at Mackey isn't going to hurt you and then uh, at, on the road and overtime to Northwestern not really going to hurt you that much so makes sense uh, beating FAU in a, in a and a neutral is a good win. Blasting Missouri by 24, even though Missouri stinks. Uh, really owning Rutgers in both games, road and home. They they don't have a – they have one bad loss to Maryland. Okay. And then if you – make sure you don't take some others. So right. don't lose to Indiana. Take care of business at home uh, against teams like Nebraska and Michigan and, and Iowa. And uh, try to – Try to win one, steal one on the road at Breslin. Try to, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to have a chance at home against Purdue. You're going to have a chance at Wisconsin. At Iowa. Yeah, at Iowa. Although, but they won't be. The metrics kind of like them, though, I yeah. thought I saw. Did they're they? still a top 50 team, even though they're 11-8 and eight overall. And Here's another dumb question. Is a bad loss now worse than a bad loss 10 years ago? By the metrics. Like, I, I, I mean, obviously Maryland at home, but I'm talking like if, if you lose to a bad – like, well, Northwestern and the Chicago State loss. Is that even worse for them now than it was five years ago when maybe we didn't have all the quads and all this stuff? It's a good question. I think that it seemed like that 
the counting numbers were were more prevalent. Like the, the amount of wins mm. held more weight previously yeah, than no maybe doubt. just the the quality. I think I think they tried to emphasize the quality of win mattering more than the quantity of win. Not to say that they didn't then look on your resume and who you actually beat versus just stacking up a a twenty five win season if you didn't play anybody right. for the most part. Makes sense. But I, I don't know what like. The difference in the formula of the RPI, like yeah. that's what it used to be, was the RPI versus now the formula of the net. Uh, so I, I don't, I don't have that handy. Yeah, uh, it's an unfair means. question to you. I, I do <laughs> think another difference is that previously it mattered who, who the team was when you beat them. Got it. So like a team that Got was it. preseason ranked something and you beat them when they were like tenth, mm-hmm. but then they didn't have a great season. You would then still get credit for beating a that's top ten right. team. That's right. But now this the the current model of the net judges who you beat by how they finished. Okay, so that's what matters in terms of okay who they are at that time doesn't necessarily matter. In an ideal world, the teams that you beat, you want them to have decent seasons. <laughs> right, you want to beat so them and then have good. them do well. Yeah, <laughs> on your on your resume, teams you lose to, like you hope that Maryland has a. A fine finish, so that right. loss doesn't look as bad. Makes sense. So that that's kind of a difference as well. It's interesting. I mean, it's it, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of interesting ways to look at it, and I'm glad people like you are. Well, let me say that over. I'm glad you are here to explain stuff that like that to us. So yeah, I mean, look, it, it's looking good for Illinois in in terms of as long as they just don't screw things up down the stretch. As you mentioned, the loss at Northwestern, it stinks. And it stinks with regards to trying to win a Big Ten title, and it mm-hmm. is pathetic that Wisconsin doesn't lose. And you know how good Purdue is, and I think Wisconsin still has to play Purdue twice. Is that right? They do, yes. So that that will be interesting, and I I, I just don't see them beating Purdue. But at the Cole Center, anything can happen there with the old Wilson Bowl. <laughs> They've got two big home games. Well, they got. Uh, a really key stretch coming up for Wisconsin. Why where do they, they always get, have every big game at home? Yeah, it seems that way, doesn't it? But coming up in their next three, they could potentially take a loss or two. Tonight they host Michigan State. Okay. Now they sh- will be favored to win that game, but they could lose. Should be a good one. Next week they're at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. That's a tricky one yes, for it sure. Is. And then the following weekend they host Purdue. Right. Okay. Well, so two of those three are Cole, of course. Yep, yep. That, yeah, the two tougher ones are at Cole, and that, that kind of describes Wisconsin basketball. But no doubt. No, it, it, and I, they still have to go to Mackey, so it'll be interesting. Mike just mentioned FAU's having a really bad season. They've, they've, it's been weird. Like, they've lost a couple games they shouldn't, and then mm-hmm. they've played teams that they ought to be able to beat by double figures, and – they're almost like struggling with these teams. And I don't get that because, I don't know, somebody hurt on FAU? I mean, that team against Illinois, Illinois shot like Northwestern did the other night against us. That's how Illinois shot against FAU to win that game. I mean, what, you had Damask and Terrence both had 33. It seemed like they yeah. shot yeah. like over 50% from the three-point line, whatever it was. I think it was like 60% from two. I mean, and they scored 98 points. Yeah, it was crazy how well Illinois looked offensively or how good they looked offensively and yet FAU was right there to the end so it kind of surprises me that they're that they're in this but look if you looked at if you peeled it back and looked at stuff for the last 30 years in any conference this is how it works when you get into conference play and coaches talk about it all the time and I have to trust them the idea that like when we play Indiana you might it's new players and it's new coach but it just seems like they know what you're going to do and you know what they're going to do. And obviously, Illinois now is in a stretch where the other thing that happens is all of a sudden you play maybe three games in six days where you don't have a lot of time for prep before each game, and that can certainly hurt you in terms of being ready for the next team. So, I don't know. There's a lot of factors that go into conference play, and it's kind of, the, as they say, kind of the dog day of – Dog days of summer, you know, in baseball, it's kind of that. That's kind of what it is in late January for college basketball because you're kind of slothing through the conference play, and and then you just kind of get re energized near the end of the year when March rolls around, and mm-hmm. hope that you're heading in the right direction. Yeah, and they have a huge target on their back. Yeah, the true. fact that they're coming off of Final Four and 
will be everybody's Super point. Bowl in that league outside of maybe Memphis. So they have taken a couple of bad losses. They lost to Florida Gulf Was Coast Charlotte and at Charlotte. Gulf Coast and Ken Palm is 272. Wow. Charlotte's 109. And then they flirted with taking another loss or potentially two. They beat Tulane by one. And that was that was at Tulane, uh, the Green Wave, 111th in Ken Palm. And they needed a – was that the game where they – There was a bad call. Three-point shooter got, got fouled. And, yeah, and I don't, then, I don't at, think he did get fouled. Right at the buzzer, essentially. And then he made the free throws, and that was the win. They oh, had wow. to go to overtime to win against UTSA. 274th in Ken Palm. Barry Lunny was there for that. Yeah, right. Zakari Franklin. They were able to finally take away the slants. <laughs> that was a deep cut. Bring those defensive yeah, backs that in. That was a deep cut. Bring right those there. cornerbacks uh, in. But they did beat they <laughs> beat Arizona good. early. Yes, uh, that was huge. Earlier in between the Illinois win and then conference play. So that was a huge one for them. That game was the best game I've seen this year. Double overtime. The most fun I've had watching a game was that game, I think, and probably Illinois FAU would be next, where both teams were just trading punches. Yeah, Illinois Northwestern was pretty good, too. It, it, it really was, despite the loss. I totally agree. But, yeah, I would, I would agree that after playing FAU, it looked like, okay, that's, that team's legit. Mm-hmm. And then they beat Arizona. It's like, okay, this might be a top-10 team, a really, really, like, quad-1A type of win, but then recently they've – They've fallen down a little bit. Not to where it's not a quad one anymore. It's just not that elite tier of win that right. maybe it could have been. They might be that sixth seed in the tournament you don't want to play. I still wouldn't want to play them. No, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to see them again. I know Mike from Arthur has beat the drum that they're not a very good team, so I'm kind of hoping that uh, <laughs> me being from Villa Grove, I hope FAU has a big finish so I can tell the Arthur guy that I knew more than he did. I mean, that, you know, that goes back to little local days. Little rivalries never go away. Yeah, <laughs> the Knights and Blue and Blue Devils, you know, back in the day. So, but no, you're right. I mean, it's 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 a little peculiar on how they're going through their conference season, but I still think FAU will be a team that is there in the end, and and again, a team that could do some damage. I, I can promise you, if you're a three seed, you're not wanting to face FAU in second round of an NCAA tournament. I and and of course Illinois. <laughs> Do they normally not put a team, although you look back. They don't want you to play a team you've already played in the first weekend. Unless it's Illinois and Arizona. No, no, I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding because they played three times that year. How funny was that? At least that was the second weekend. Yeah, right. They usually try to, like Kyle said, they usually try to separate. So you're pretty pretty okay with the idea that if Illinois would land at a three, they're not going to see FAU on that six line. The only one I can really remember is it was odd. There was a second-round game, Minnesota and Michigan State, a few years ago. Wow, I don't remember that. I have to look that up. That, that that's was. that's interesting. I mean, I, I trust you. Was I that just, just because the Big Ten got so many teams probably, in that they couldn't even maneuver it? That I mean, can you imagine growing up not in Big Ten country and how much you would hate this conference? I mean, every year, you know, it just seems like, well, except the year Nebraska wins 20 and they don't get in. It's true. <laughs> I, yeah. still, I still look at that and think to myself, poor Tim Miles. Like, he's like, what else am I supposed to do? I get Nebraska to 20 wins. It's the most wins we've ever had probably in the history of Nebraska, except when Piakowski or whatever that dude's name was, was there. And yet we don't make the NCAA tournament and they finish like fifth in the conference. Yeah. I mean, that was like such a strange, it was like that one year hiccup and it just so happened to screw Nebraska. <laughs> and it's like, if you're a Nebraska fan, you're like, really? I mean, we finished fifth in our conference in the Big Ten. Normally 10 teams make it. Yeah, recently it hasn't felt like there's been a lot of Big Ten teams that felt like they got screwed. I mean, I totally Rutgers agree. won last year, yeah. but then again, yes. they... I think they took some bad losses at home like, towards the end of the season. You didn't feel that bad for them. I think people are on to us. Well, just the national perspective of... <laughs> of not winning a national of, title well, since 2000? It's not even that. It's just these teams are getting bounced in the first they weekend. Are. You're right. You're exactly right. And, and, of course, me coming from being a Saluki fan, coming from the Valley, and the Valley isn't what it used to be when Creighton was there in Wichita State. I get that. But there are years where they there are years where I guarantee you the second place Valley team deserves to be in the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. as opposed to the eighth or ninth Big Ten team. But it's hard to argue that point 
especially with someone that never watches that kind of basketball. They don't watch the Valley. And so to them, they're like, well, no, that's, that, that's just not the case. You got to put, you know, Michigan who finished ninth in the big 10, you got to put them in. And then they get bounced by, you know, some team out of Brooklyn that you've never heard of in the first round. And it's like, okay, well, you didn't live up to it. I don't know. It's kind of weird. You're right, by the way. 2019, Michigan State, Minnesota in the second wow. round. That was the Cassius Winston team that went to the Final Four. Mm, yeah. And I'm looking at the well, bracket. I, mean, I wish I could play Minnesota in the second round. <laughs> there were eight Big Ten teams in, and they were all kind of on like the 2 7 10 line. Mm. So I think they just couldn't figure out a way to avoid it. Yeah. So I guess that's the only way. Was Illinois in that one? No. No. In that tournament? No. That was Io's freshman year. When they weren't very good, so. 20, they went yeah, 12 18, and 20 or something. I read an article today, maybe, in the News Gazette, and I think it was Scott Ritchie mentioned, and, and he does a wonderful job, he mentioned that, you know, if Illinois would have, if COVID wouldn't have interrupted, this would have been the four. I'm like, how, how many years do we have to do that? Like, are we finally going to get to the point where we just count that as an NCAA tournament? Or we, like, in 12 years, are we going to be saying, well, this would be, Illinois' 10th trip to the NCAA tournament if it wasn't for COVID. It's just because And people of will be how, like, I don't even know what COVID is. <laughs> how egregious and ridiculous that streak became for Illinois. No, and you're right. You're right. And, I, and Scott, I'm not ripping on you if you're listening. It was I, what? <laughs> that made it eight years? Something like that. Basically, John Gross made it his first year and never made it again, right? He made it in 2013. <sighs> and then their next birth was in 2021. Oh, my goodness. How does how is that even possible? How is that possible? I mean, for Kyle, maybe you know, being young, maybe he's like, "Well, that is weird." For me, that has watched so many Illinois wins, so many Big Ten titles, even g- decent runs in the NCAA tournament through the years, and to then go like eight years without making or whatever that is, if you add it up, without making the tournament without just even getting a play-in game. That, that's so just, it would have been seven straight misses. Oh, my goodness. It, it, would have been, it would have ended at six if there was a tournament there in 2019-20. I think also it just reminds and maybe gives credit to the idea that that was a really good Illinois team. Yeah, it was. And they, they probably would have been like a six- yeah. Six seed going into the Big Ten tournament chance if they went on a run there to, to elevate that. And they could have made some noise, even though they're not, not the highest-seeded Illinois right. squad, but one that was playing well at the right time. Well, it's coming off the best practice it's ever been. I know. I <laughs> wish I'm, I was there. I'm I would have wrote waiting, a book on it. I'm still waiting for that book from Derek Piper about the best practice that you never that nobody, nobody saw. It's like the, it's like the Olympic what was it, Team USA or whatever? They had that oh, game, yeah. you know, and it was yeah. like they say it's the, the best dream game. team practice. Yeah, and they're like the, the best game nobody saw, you know, even though there is video of it. The one that Illinois had that year, that was it. Mm. That was the mecca of practices. And they were about to play Iowa for yes. the third time. Yes. <laughs> you had the handshake dispute. And then yes. You had the Kofi tip in. Or, Gar- no, sorry, sorry, the Kofi block of the Garza. Kofi block of Garza. And then, what, a week later or not even a week? Yeah. Because they played on a Saturday, and that would have been like, like a Friday. Yeah, a Friday. They would have played Thursday. Iowa again. Oh, man. We got robbed of yeah, that game. Man. Big time. Robbed of that game. We're due for a break because we've gone yes, heavy we here. Are. But uh, Shock. shout out to a 217. Did you see this? Uh-uh. Florida State put a banner up that oh, said they no. finished number four overall in the rankings in 2020. NCAA canceled number four final ranking 2020. That's quite a. What's the ceremony? Do they have like a ceremony where they hang that and then everyone's staring at it like, what? Are we really putting this up? No idea. Oh, that's terrible. I mean, really? Can is it just anybody can make a banner now? I guess. I guess so. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow. It's not even number one either. It's number four. Right. Did they misspell canceled? Oh no. Is there one L? Yeah, one L. It both is I've gone just in. A, is this just a is that a joke? No, it's not a joke. Because canceled is with two L's. Well, right? it can be both. It's both. Oh, it can be both. I always use two. The English you guys language, use man. Two? I always use two. I looked it up and I think they said like in 
England at the two L's, and then here it's supposed to be one. Uh, that, well. I, I do the. I have to do the AP style and all that stuff. You know. So you do one? I do one. I guess yeah. I've never noticed that. I don't think I've ever noticed. I'll look this up. That's weird. I, I think can... you're right. Actually, I feel like I've seen that. That just looks weird to me with one L. I didn't know. Th- I honestly did not know. Th- I've learned something. Fifty-three drink. We can do that today. It's Friday. It says Americans favor canceled with one L, while canceled with two L's is preferred in British English. Well, they didn't talk in other me. dialects. So I'm not considered American, or that's that's un-American to write it with two L's. <laughs> they either considered me a non-American, or they avoided asking my opinion on Man. that. I have never noticed that. I'm serious. I did not realize you could spell it with one or two L's. All that tea they dumped in the ocean for you to sit here today and use two L's and canceled. I'm moving to Europe. <laughs> Done. I'm moving to Europe. I'm going to Ireland. If you want to weigh in, you can. 217-359-2255 on the U of I Atlanta Link text line. Uh, good text from Bill. We'll get to you on the other side of this break regarding that 2019-20 team. And we will talk more Illinois and Indiana coming up tomorrow. A 2 p.m. temp on Fox. Robbie yeah. Hummel on the call. I believe Jason oh, Benetti as well. Great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we should have like gotten Robbie on the show, man. We should have got him on. I did not know he was doing this like, game. Did you know that Illinois fans hate you right now? I think he does. Oh, he knows. Because, uh, he knows. <laughs> yeah. I won't reveal why. But, uh, anywho, and then we'll play Brad Underwood before we get out of here. Let's I met go. with the media today. So, do for a break. We'll be back. This is The Drive. <laughs> As Tapman's Towing celebrates 50 years of serving Central Illinois, we're always seeking good people to serve our great customers. Our team of expert tow professionals would like to interview others with CDLs, previous tow experience, or a strong interest in serving others. If you enjoy serving people, love working in the outdoors, and looking for a career, not just a job, we should talk soon. Do you have a strong desire but lack the experience? We should still talk. Visit our career page at tapmanstowing.com. In an ever-changing real estate market, it is so important to work with experienced agents like Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor teams at Taylor Realty Associates. They have the knowledge and expertise to get your home sold for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Trust the experience and success of Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor team at Taylor Realty Associates. Give them a call today at 217-355-0700 or visit them online at taylorboys.com. That's taylorboys.com. PDR Automotive has now been serving the Champaign-Urbana area for over 50 years. To give you some perspective, 50 years ago ended the U.S. involvement in the Vietnam War, and it was when Secretariat won the Triple Crown. So what does that mean for you and your vehicle? Whether you need a carburetor overhauled or your new vehicle computer system diagnosed or programmed, PDR Automotive has the experienced, knowledgeable staff that can handle all your automotive needs. Online at PDRauto.com, they are what's best for your truck or car. They are... PDR. Two Men in a Truck has been recognized as a trusted leader in the moving industry for over 35 years. Now we are proud to offer that same reliability to junk removal, introducing Two Men and a Junk Truck to the Champaign area. Our goal at Two Men and a Junk Truck is to help you make room for what matters most. We can make your garage, attic, basement, house, or business look bigger with our furniture or appliance removal. Contact us today at twomenjunktruck.com. You've heard about the doggy bag, right? From Bulldog Disposal Muhammad, a six cubic yard canvas bag that can be used for easy cleanup instead of a big dumpster. The one-time use bag is now available and you can save the delivery charge. Get the doggy bag at Do It Best Hardware in Champaign at 107 West Springfield. So fill up the bag, call Bulldog Disposal, have it disposed of, and you'll be organized. Go to bulldoggybag.com for all the details. That's bulldoggybag.com. Thank you for choosing two men in a truck. How may I help you? Hi, I have a strange question. What happens if it snows on moving day? I don't want my furniture to get wet and destroyed. Well, that's not strange at all. We have the same concerns for your furniture. With over 9 million moves completed, our team is experienced to handle any weather conditions. Because we pad and stretch wrap your furniture before we put it on the truck, we'll make sure your belongings are safe and dry no matter what the forecast says. Not sure how your move is going to work? Go to twomeninatruck.com for your free estimate. 
When you're buying a battery, it's important to look beyond just the price and make sure you're buying a quality battery. So when you're buying one from the big box store, make sure you ask the question, what's the date on this battery? Is it dependable? Sometimes the big box stores have batteries that have been sitting on the shelf for years. Or you can just come to Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable, and buy your battery from the people who only do batteries. Interstate Batteries at 2504 North Madison Champaign, way out there, but totally worth the drive. How much is dependable worth to you? Interstate Batteries, open six days a week. Is your birthday in January? Well, get ready to rev up the celebration. Clay Dooley Tire and Auto is giving you a free oil change during your birthday month. That's right, a special treat to keep your wheels spinning smoothly as you celebrate another fantastic year. Don't miss out on this incredible birthday offer. Schedule your complimentary oil change at either the Champaign or Bloomington locations. Since 1917, Clay Dooley Tire and Auto has been your go-to for driving with confidence. Kelsey Furniture in downtown Tuscola sells Tempur-Pedic beds. What's it like? I'm going to tell you right now, Stevie, that that thing is the best thing I've ever slept on in my life. My wife and I both have said we've never had better night's sleep. And the people at Kelsey's were fantastic. Brian is the guy that helped us. You know, as much as I did my research, he has a world of knowledge about beds themselves. Oh, man, it's like sleeping on a cloud, man. Kelsey Furniture, downtown Tuscola. Hey, Busey Drive Generosity. It's a monthly campaign encouraging associates and customers alike to give generously and in support of poverty awareness. Busey's inviting associates and customers, that's you, and really anyone, to generously give during the month of January with the donation of new socks. Now, why are socks so important? Well, you know, they help you from the cold. It takes 30 minutes to get frostbite in sub-zero temperatures, and you know we've had those. Also helps from infection and disease. Access. Many folks walk several miles daily to access food, water, shelters, and essentials. So the socks surely help. And also pride. Wearing socks and shoes with holes decreases feelings of self-worth. New socks can be dropped off until January 31st at any Busey location, either in the donation box found in the lobby or through the drive-up line. 100% of the socks donated will go to local homeless shelters. Very simple way for you to help out. Busey Drive's generosity is a part of the Busey promise to act locally, strengthening the communities where we live and work. For more information about this drive or others throughout the year, visit Busey.com backslash Busey slash drives slash generosity. Member FDIC. I remember. Back in the drive, it's Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. So I did some research here during the break on the note Ooh. of banners. Okay. And I stumbled across <laughs> an article, the top 10 most embarrassing banners in sports, oh, written by a CBS affiliate in Boston, who also, I scrolled all the way down, I went through the list, and it says this is what the rafters should look like and it's the Boston Celtics banners and all they really hang there are their world championships correct because they have so many uh yes so here is the list and some interesting and notable ones of those they say are pretty embarrassing the New Orleans Saints in 2006 hung a banner for their first sellout season <laughs> really well um, they, they could afford it yeah it's true it's the first yeah. time they could really ever afford a banner because they sold out <laughs> Like, we got to do something for the fans. Um, the Tampa Bay Rays have hoisted banners for making a wild card. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that doesn't bother me as much. Just put you were a playoff participant. Yeah. That right? sounds a little worse, though. Like Playoff participant. We, <laughs> we participated in the playoff. <laughs> don't ask us how it went once we got there. But Well, I mean, to yeah, me, it's like, well, we were a wild card. Oh, so we basically, you were the last team in, huh? Especially if you don't win as a wild card. Like one of them is noted that they were a wild card team. They got swept two to zero and scored one run in the series. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want the Cardinals wild cards here recently up there. When Can you they, imagine the uh, GM coming in after that game? Everybody's sullen in the locker room and they're just all down. And he's like, guys, you know, it was a great season. I just want to let you know because of your dedication, because of your 
the way you played this year, I'm going to hang a banner to remember you. So that they had to walk out with their head high. Yeah. I mean, after that. <laughs> this, oh um, this article dunks on the Miami Heat twice, uh, number six on the list. You've got the Dan Marino retired jersey. Says the Miami Heat are a basketball team. The Miami Heat have retired Dan Marino's jersey. Dan Marino played football. Seriously? They also retired Michael Jordan's jersey. What? Did he play for the Heat? He did not. But it was a nice respect thing that Pat Riley did. A guy that went up against Michael Jordan a lot. Well, that is kind of cool, but I just, I don't want that in my, what, like, after years of getting just schooled by him, now I got to go to the games and look at his jersey. I don't want that. Well, no, as a Jordan guy, I don't. I don't mind that one. Uh, but yeah, I, right, I get right, it. Right. I get it. Now this one's uh, interesting. The Washington Mystics in the WNBA have two banners. It, they're back to back, 2002 and 2003, and this is what it reads: WNBA, NBA, NBA, WNBA attendance champions. <laughs> Okay, what years? 2002 That's exactly and what it says on the banner. It attendance says champions. 2003 WNBA attendance champions. Kyle, I want you to Google. Oh, and there's six of them. There's six banners? They have six attendance championships, quote unquote, <laughs> that they have hoisted into the rafters. I want you to Google like one of those years and find out what their total attendance was. Oh, boy. How many WNBA games do they play a year? I don't know. I'll look that up, Kyle. I want to know what they averaged a game. Um, <laughs> let's see what else we have. How many home <laughs> games do you play in the WNBA? Does anybody have a guess? Mm, 25? 20. 20. That was good. That was good. Okay. so Mystics in 2003 averaged 14,000 a game. Well, that's pretty good. Did they really? Wow. Did they win the title? No, obviously they didn't win the title. They won a title. The attend- oh, they did? Okay. Attendance. Oh, attendance yeah. title. <laughs> well, we appreciate winning the WNBA title, but we've opted for a attendance record banner instead of the actual title. How did they banner. get that good of attendance? In 2003, they were 9-25. and 25. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> But they got fourteen thousand, and I mean that is something That's, to celebrate. That is but I, I'm impressive. Kind of wondering why. I don't know. Anyways, that's interesting. Two thousand and two, there were seventeen and fifteen. Do you so, know how many years anyways. the WNBA has been around? Hmm. Nineties. The twenty eighth regular season will conclude on September. Well, okay, this would have been last year, I guess. They've been around 28 years. First year of 95 then? If it was last year? 1997. It says, oh, my Wikipedia says 97 is the first okay. year they started playing. That's, wow. Back to the list. So they're also dunking on the Detroit Red Wings for hoisting. <laughs> By the way, a- the WNBA and Mystics are on the bingo card today. Yep. Yep. You hit that one. <laughs> Along with the free space, you're in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> the Detroit Wet Red Wings, I can't talk today, have a banner for every division uh, cha- regular season conference championship. There's a lot of like, oh, the 2001 Central Division champs. Yeah, see, that surprises me about Detroit. Because the Wings have won. I mean, they're an original six. They've won a lot of cups. That surprises me to kind of... The, just they just a lot of space up there. Yeah, with, I mean, if you're the Blues, and I know they finally got a cup, but... If you were the Blues, you're that's you're the team that's throwing up the division banner, mm-hmm. not the Red Wings, who every year it seemed like we're playing for a cup for a long time. That surprises me. There is a New England Patriots sixteen and zero banner, ah. regular season record sixteen and zero in two thousand seven. Now that is, I don't mind that one. It's just probably not finishing the job. You don't I really want to see that go up the next year. I know. I bet your dad was nervous that year. <laughs> Knowing I'm that sure. Miami has the only undefeated, I bet he was nervous. Number one on the list is the Colts in 2014 hanging a banner for being an AFC finalist. <laughs> I think that means a conference championship appearance. Oh, I don't. That's I don't know. 
Are you just hanging banners? I don't know. Anyways, the attendance championship is the best <laughs> one there. <laughs> that really is. <laughs> Six years running. <laughs> oh, then another one. I, this year, the L.A. Lakers in-season tournament championship. Banner. Oh, I remember seeing that. Yeah. I, at the time, I don't think I knew that they even had an in-season tournament. <laughs> did that go over well? I think it did, didn't it? It was decent, yeah. Did Joel Embiid score 70 the other night? He did, yeah. yeah. Good man. He's good, isn't he? He's really He's good. He's awesome. That guy deserves yeah. a title. I've heard them rumored about for Zach Levine Ooh. and some other potential moves Is coming that up. something you'd do? Would if I was do? them? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Maxie's pretty good. He's really good. It just It's like a f- breath of fresh air without James Harden. I bet. Where's he at now? The Clippers. Oh. They have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Actually playing pretty well. Are they? Yeah. It's a lot of names. Cares about the NBA. Yeah, right. Well, Io's been playing well. I do want to bring that up. Has yeah, he? he has. Has he? He had a good night last night against the Lakers. All they lost, but he's been in double figures like five of the last six or something. Is he in his second contract? Yes. Okay. What did he sign for? Do you remember? I mean, mm. three years, twenty-one million. I okay. want to say. Sounds right. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So making seven seven mil a year, and probably a guy that'll be. Good for a third contract, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. The way he's playing right now, for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. Illinois needs more of that. You know, Myers had a pretty good career. Yeah. They need more of that. They totally do. We do have – we'll get to Bill's text in the second hour for sure. We'll also talk more Illinois and Indiana, and we have some Brad Underwood audio as well. Got to get some NFL in there, oh, too. Oh, yeah. I keep forgetting. Why? Yes. I don't know. I've been distracted. Well, because the Bears and the Cardinals and the Dolphins aren't in there. Yeah, true. we got some really good games coming up this weekend. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that. Get to some of your texts here. Try to learn how to talk in the second hour because I'm stumbling. (laughs) And I'll learn how to spell. (laughs) This is The Drive. In an ever-changing real estate market, it is so important to work with experienced agents like Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor teams at Taylor Realty Associates. They have the knowledge and expertise to get your home sold for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Trust the experience and success of Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor team at Taylor Realty Associates. Give them a call today at 217-355-0700 or visit them online at taylorboys.com. That's taylorboys.com. Hi, I'm Tyler Weaver, president of Carpet Weaver's Flooring and Furniture Gallery. It's time to come home to Carpet Weaver's. We don't want you to just like your new floors. We want you to love them. From waterproof floors and carpet to furnitures and design advice, we've got a team of experts on your side. We'll get you the best price and the best quality products. And complete your home with furniture and accessories. Buy it all with free financing, too. Come home to Carpet Weaver's, where floors, furniture, and family meet. 